I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And we begin hour number two of Writer Than You. Chris Moore sitting in for Bill on this Friday. Tom DeCelestino is producing the program. And we will be talking a little baseball among other things, this hour, trade deadline, Tuesday night, and uh, Mets sort of kicking it off last night with the David Robertson deal. He was not signed through next year, so this was a rental. And, um, again, we are always, you know, guessing as to whether they got back enough or not. Mets fans are already so disgruntled and in such a bad mood that, of course, they're going to take it negatively. And it's sort of an admission by the front office although they don't want to admit it out loud, they never do, that uh, better luck next year. And that's basically where they are. Let's talk a little baseball, shall we, with R.J. Anderson. Always nice to have the CBS Sports MLB writer join us on the program. R.J., Chris Moore, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well as well. Take us inside what you think the Angels are thinking in this about face that many don't quite understand at this point. Yeah, I think their thought process here is basically if Otani leaves either through trade or free agency this winter, we're going to have to do a hard reset anyway. So let's take our chances now. Not like they had a great farm system to begin with. You know, they can upgrade at several infield positions over the coming days without really mortgaging their future because they don't have a future if Otani leaves, right? Uh, the bar is very low at first base and third base, as well as second base even, so I expect they're going to continue to make moves. I don't think they're going to be as flashy or as flashy as the Lucas Giolito trade, but they have a chance to make a run, and we'll see what happens. You know, weird things happen over two months in baseball all the time. Why can't the Angels make the postseason? I, I agree, and and I, I think I've been spending a lot of the first hour of the show talking about how how unpredictable baseball has become and how individual performers that you thought were closer to consistent haven't been in in so many markets across the country uh and in the big ones and i was talking about how you know that that the mets and the padres and the yankees and the dodgers and the astros are all hitting under 250 as a team and and look we're not in the age of batting averages mattering to as many people but it's certainly and still an indicator and under 250 is pretty damn low, one for four, uh, to have teams with that kind of payroll and that kind of firepower hitting under 250 as a team tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been a really weird season. You know, I'm someone who 
likes to lean on the projection systems in the spring because, you know, they don't have the biases that a human being has, or at least they don't have as many biases as a human being has, and you'd like to think that they're more objective. And this has been a bad year for them. It's been a bad year for a lot of humans who tried to predict the sport. As you mentioned, there are so many teams who we expected to be good, if not great, who are just struggling and who are actually selling at the deadline. Uh, you know, I didn't expect to be talking about the Mets and Marlins making a trade on this day where the Mets would be the ones getting the prospect. And I didn't expect the Padres to potentially be moving Blake Snell and Josh Hader or listening on Juan Soto. So it's really been an odd season in baseball and I think in some ways it's a good thing because it shows that you know there's a lot of parity in the league and there's a lot of uh, unexpected things that can happen but at the same time it is a little frustrating because every time you think you have this game figured out or solved it puts you on your butt and it shows that no you really don't have it solved after all and maybe not a great thing for the players association because if I'm an owner I'm rethinking spending big dollars when uh, you know, the players that I'm counting on could easily slump and have across the league. I don't care where you look. There are players that you thought were were money in the bank that just haven't been. Yeah, and I suppose my counter would be look at the Texas Rangers, right? You know, they've been as active as any team outside of the Mets and I guess the Padres the last couple of winners. You know, they've spent a lot of money to trade a prospect, and they're having a great year, an unexpected year as well. So, you know, there's always two sides to every coin, and I think that, you know, paying for talent is a good thing. It's something we should want from these organizations. You know, if I'm a Yankees fan, my issue is that the Steinbrenner uh, ownership is not putting in the money that they should be. I look at what the Mets are doing. I look at what the Dodgers have done, and I want that from the Yankees because they are the Yankees. They're arguably still the most prestigious franchise, not only in baseball, but in all professional sports. So for them to you know, not have a top payroll kind of annoys me if I'm a Yankees fan. But I get your point, and, you know, it's it's hard to really knock the narrative at this point, but I just think that, you know, there's always two sides to every coin. Oh, no doubt about that. And before we leave Otani, just as a baseball fan, how how out of this world is this performance in your mind as an individual who loves baseball? Yeah, I mean, he's the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. And this might go down as the greatest season of all time. What he's doing should not be taken for granted. It is almost impossible to accomplish. And for him to do it at such a high level year after year is just remarkable. So, you know, I would encourage everyone. I know it might cut into your sleep, but over the next few months, make sure you're checking out some of these Angels games because you are missing out on something extraordinary if you don't. Yeah, and boy, the sport could use it, you know. Uh, I mean, really, uh, it's 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 a story all unto itself for sure. Aaron Judge, speaking of the Yankees, as we were maybe back tonight, that's the word. Uh, can he save them? Can he save this season? It's going to be tough for him to do it alone. You know, he's a great player, and obviously, I believe he was still on a 60-homer pace when he went down to injury, but, you know, they're going to need more than that going to be very interesting to see what Brian Caston does between now and the trade deadline. Maybe go out there and add at least another outfielder, be it like a Randall Gritchick type, which, you know, not going to make uh, headlines or anything, but it's an upgrade. So, I don't know. It's going to be tough. You know, they're they're in a really difficult race in the American League wild card, as are the Angels and as are you know, some of these other teams that I'm sure we're going to talk about throughout this segment. So, I don't know. I I'm curious to see just how he comes back and what exactly they can do between now and 6 p.m. on Tuesday. 
The third wild card obviously was infused to infuse optimism among the fan base and attendance and, you know, the buzz of the broadcasters and uh, everybody's got a shot and, you know, it doesn't seem like people really care whether they are a 500 team or close to it or right around it. As long as they get in, you know, they figure they got a shot. And there have been plenty of examples of teams that just snuck in and did very well in the postseason. So how hard is it to be a GM under this circumstance with that extra wild card now? Yeah, I think it has had a chilling effect on the trade market. So I suppose if you're a bubble team, maybe it makes your job a little bit more, more difficult if you're looking for a difference maker at the deadline. Because, again, you know, a lot of teams are in it. They don't want to give away their chance. And I think, you know, based on some of the trends that were developing around the league where teams were kind of punting instead of you know, pursuing that one-game wild card uh, situation, I think it might be a good thing. You know, you don't want to see teams who were, you know, three or four back trade some of their best players because they don't want to reach October and lose in one game and then potentially lose those players in free agency. So in some ways it's been good, and in other ways, you know, maybe it's been bad in terms of the excitement of the deadline. It's not as, you know, jam-packed full of stars as it used to be. And, again, you know, it just depends on your perspective. But I think for most, for the most part, it's probably good that you have so many fan bases still engaged over the last few months of the season. Yeah, and I think that's exactly why it's there for sure uh, is to keep more fans in it and dreaming and hoping that they can get in. What happened in your mind to the Rays to bring them back to where they are now? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. You know, number one, they've had a lot of injuries, especially to the rotation. Uh, number two, you know, in the early going when they started 20-3, and three, they were playing a lot of teams who I think can generously be described as tomato cans. You know, they just weren't very good. And, you know, you can only play the schedule that's in front of you. I'm not using that to knock the Rays. But I think, you know, they probably were just never going to be as good as they looked early on. And, you know, that's baseball for you. Uh, I think they're still going to make the postseason. I still think they're a good team. I do think they need to go out there and make some additions between now and the deadline. But, you know, for the most part, I'm not overly surprised that they found themselves playing worse than they did early on. Yeah, I guess that's that's fair, and and they're right there, um, you know. So it's not as if uh, they can't get hot again and and you know do it well. I might add that we're not in that one game anymore with the three games now in the wild card uh, at the end, and and what is it? The home the the higher seed plays all three games at home if they need them. So how the wild card format is now. So uh, you know maybe you got a little bit better shot even if you have to play them all on the road. Um, Look, the Phillies, you know, the Phillies had the Braves, the Mets, and the Dodgers in their league last year, and somehow they got themselves to the World Series anyway. So uh, I don't blame the fans a bit for having the kind of optimism, you know, that they might have, even though on paper, as you said when talking about the Angels, you know, stranger things have happened. And, uh, you know, if the Angels get in and they got Otani <laughs> – I mean, would that be good for baseball? So I get, you know, I I get the fact that uh, we'll we'll take we'll shoehorn our win our way in any way we can and not apologize for it. I don't blame these teams for having that kind of, uh, uh, or the the fans, I should say, for having those kind of dreams and the teams around with them. Do you think Tuesday will be an active day? Oh, I'm sure it'll be active. Uh, you know, we're just probably not going to see the huge names move that we usually do. But that said. You never know. Um, things, weird things happen all the time. So maybe AJ Preller 
you know, does something really crazy between now and Tuesday. But I, I assume we're going to have a lot of activity. It'll just be more, you know, league average types or, you know, maybe a little bit above or beyond that. Padres, Mets, which one's more disappointing and which one do you expect to be more active on by Tuesday? I think you have to go with the Mets just because, you know, this seemed like their year. And in terms of which team I expect to be more active, the Padres have a cleaner path to it. You know, if you're the Mets, maybe you're trading Marcana and some of these uh, other veterans who are on expiring deals. But it's going to be tougher to trade Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer because of their contract situation in terms of salary and also no trade clauses. Whereas the Padres, you can move Blake Snell, you can move Josh Hader, you can move Juan Soto, and there's really no recourse or, you know, something preventing that, no no trade clause or anything like that. So I think the Padres have a chance to be more active, but I would consider the Mets being more disappointing overall. CBS Sports Major League Baseball writer R.J. Anderson joining us. Chris Moore here for Bill Ryder on this Friday morning. As we think of the surprise teams, you mentioned Texas and their consistency, uh, but so many uh, surprises, at least moderate surprises anyway, to major surprises across baseball. Which of this this group of of non-predicted winners is the most dangerous in the postseason in your mind as they're constituted right now? Who, who are you yeah, watching down these final two months? I think I might go with the Rangers still. You know, that yeah. rotation has been better than I expected. I think they have a chance to make a huge splash here at the deadline if they want to push their chips in. I mean, they have a good farm system. They have a number of position players who can field other teams. So I think they're very interesting and very exciting and hard to knock that offense, right? So you get them into a postseason series, and who knows? Uh, they have a chance to, to make a run all the way to the World Series, and you know that's a good thing. I think it's a great thing for baseball, uh, especially based on the last few off seasons. You know, you want to see teams go for it who maybe aren't already positioned to win a championship, and you want to see ownership rewarded for that and the front office award for that. So I think it's a great thing. Where would they go if they were looking? In um, other words, what position? Been- yeah, they've already been linked to Justin Verlander, according right. to MLB.com. So there's one name for you, right? Uh, they were a team who was rumored potentially chase Shoei Itani. So I think you're looking for starting pitching. And, you know, if a really good position player becomes available who might make sense in their lineup, sure. Let's do him, too. I mean, they could probably use another outfielder if someone were to become available. Maybe Cody Bellinger, if the Cubs do make him available. You know, there are a lot of options on the table for them, I think. And we'll just see if anything shakes loose that makes sense for them. Most fans, I think, that that aren't rooting for a team in, in the same division as the Orioles are kind of rooting for the Orioles a little bit. I just think that their fan base has paid the big price, and it's been such a long time since they've had any meaningful success. It's nice to see baseball in Baltimore being something they're proud of again. Yeah, I mean – you know, the, it's a really exciting young core, and they have a great farm system. I think they would make sense. You know, the Mariners, for instance, have been rumored to be looking potentially move one of their young starting pitchers, and I think they would make a lot of sense on paper given how many good position players the Orioles have. I mean, they have more good young hitters than they can put on the roster. Uh, so we'll see what that front office and ownership does because you've mentioned the fans have been they're kind of tortured in recent times. Well, that was by design, right? You know, that was the big plan from that front office is to think for years and to not spend money and to build up this impressive farm system. And now it's time for the front office and ownership to make good on that. And that means 
making these big deadline deals to position themselves for World Series run. And it also means extending some of these young players. You know, Aldi Rushman is a superstar. He might be the best catcher in baseball. You need to lock him down and make sure that he is part of the Orioles for the next decade. And so, you know, the players are doing their part. Now it's on the front office and ownership to do their part, in my opinion. The Braves, the team to beat in baseball? You can make a strong case. I mean, they are very good. They're one of those few teams where you look at that roster and you say, I don't really see a hole. You know, now injuries happen and, you know, unexpected things develop. But I think you can make a very strong case that they're the best team in baseball and that they are the team to beat. Well, I'll tell you what, it'll be fun. we got about, I don't know, 72 hours, a little more before that deadline, and we'll be watching. RJ, we appreciate the insight. Thanks for being a guest this morning. Thanks for having me, Chris. There you go. RJ Anderson, CBS Sports MLB writer. You can find him there. We go to buy or sell when we get back. This is CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder. You know what time it is. Bye. Or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Chris, what do you say we kick things off today in the NFL? Just two weeks ago, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott was misquoted when talking about fixing his interception issue for this upcoming season. Now, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram quoted Dak saying, quote, I won't have 10 interceptions this year, end quote. When in fact, Chris, Dak said, we won't have those tipped interceptions this year. T-I-P-P-E-D, tipped. (laughs) Yesterday, Simo, Dak made light of the situation and vowed to throw less this season, although he wouldn't put a number on it. I'm not going to stop being aggressive. Uh... 
10 or tipped, whatever, whatever you say it is. Um, I am going to lessen my interception numbers. I am going to lessen my interception numbers. Uh, that is a guarantee. Now, Dak was tied for the league lead this past season with 15 interceptions. Buy or sell, you believe Dak Prescott can fix his turnover issues this season? Sell. Sell. Uh, you don't plan on throwing interceptions ever. Now, he led the league. Do, do I think he'll lead the league again? No. I think the odds are against that, and I'm a person that believes that turnovers are among the least predictable things in the least predictable world that we live in, where so many things we like to predict aren't predictable. That doesn't stop us from trying. Uh, I don't think he'll lead the league in in turnovers or, or in interceptions, but I still think you're going to put your hands over your eyes at times watching Dak play. It's his nature. All right, Chris, let's keep that quarterback talk going. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy participated in San Francisco's practice yesterday, which puts him very much ahead of schedule after having elbow surgery back on March 10th. Purdy, who was the last pick in the 2022 draft, was 7-1 as a starter last season, including San Francisco's playoff run. Buy or sell, the 49ers should have a QB competition between Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold next season. Bye. Bye. That is a bye-iss that I have. I'm not a fan of naming starters. I don't know. I guess it's there because it gives the team confidence in the fact that front office knows what it's doing. But you compete everywhere else. Like, really, isn't that part of what training camp is, is competing for opportunities to play and to start and to get more playing time? I don't think it hurts the quality player to be in a competition and actually earn it. It might even improve his confidence. So uh, I'm always for the competition. And I expect Purdy, by the way, will be their starter. All right, Simo, let's turn our attention to the college game here. Colorado is all but officially leaving the Pac-12 next season and returning to the Big 12. And yesterday, in response, the Pac-12 said, quote, We are focused on concluding our media rights deal and securing our continued success success and growth. Immediately following the conclusion of our media rights deal, we will embrace expansion opportunities, bring new fans, markets, and excitement and value to the Pac-12. End quote. USC, UCLA, and now Colorado are all leaving the conference. So my question to you, Chris, buy or sell the Pac-12 will soon be not considered part of the Power Five. I buy that. Buy. I think it's over. When USC and UCLA left, it it was over. Uh, And these are just schools now. Uh, The tradition and look, things change whether people want them to or not. And the whole college landscape is never going to be what it was. And it's fine. Uh, New people are born every day. You may have noticed that around you. And with that come people that won't miss the old days. So for those of us that do, too bad for us. We're a part of the the past for these organizations. We're not a part of their future. All right, let's keep things in the college game here. Former Tennessee Volunteers football coach Jeremy Pruitt, who was fired back in 2021 for recruiting violations, and they weren't just any recruiting violations, Chris. There were 200 of them, and 18 <laughs> of those were level one, the strongest ones. 
Along with That's ne- like you at a nightclub. <laughs> Along with nine members of Pruitt's staff, they were all let go. Now, Pruitt was a defensive assistant for the New York Giants in the NFL last season, but now he's working as a P.E. teacher in Alabama as well as an assistant coach to his father at a football team in Alabama and a junior high basketball coach. Chris Byersell, Jeremy Pruitt ever being a head coach at the college level again. Uh, buy or sell that he will ever be a head coach. I buy that he will be a head coach at the college level again. Buy. But not at the Division One level. And only if he wants to. I mean, it, obviously he would love a Division One job because of the money. Uh, but, but I think that uh, the world doesn't work the way it used to. And uh, second chances are the order of the day. And at a Division Three school... Two weeks after the controversial hire, it'll all be forgotten. So I expect if he wants to coach in Division Three, he probably will be able to. All right, let's get to some hoops here. Former hoops. NBA, former NBA All-Star Tracy McGrady joined Jim Rome right here on CBS Sports Radio and said he can't understand why James Harden is trying to force a trade out of Philadelphia and away from Joel Embiid. Uh, I don't know what James is thinking. I don't know. I don't know why you want to leave a situation where you actually could compete for a championship. Like that's what we play for, and you playing with the MVP and want. I, I don't know, man. Like I said before, I think it's something deeper than you know all of us know about. Because there is no way you're on a team that can contend for a championship. And you were one game away from playing in the Eastern Conference, and I think. You know, having Joel on your Joel and beat as your teammate to face Miami Heat, I think him being the MVP and and Miami not having anybody to really uh, defend him, I think that propels y'all to at least play the different Nuggets in the finals. I don't know why you want to leave that. It's just to me, it makes no sense. Buy or sell? You agree with Tracy McGrady? Well, I agree with Tracy McGrady. Bye. Bye. But uh, I also agree with Tracy McGrady that there's something else there. So often there is. You know, <laughs> I mean, so often there is. Whatever Aaron Rodgers is thinking, giving up that $35 million or how it works there, what the Mets are thinking with David Robertson, you know, what the Angels are thinking with Otani, there's, there's inside stuff we don't know. And, uh, you know, McGrady wants to win. He's made that clear. clear. Does Harden want to win? I don't know. We just assume that they all want to win. I think that's a false assumption. All right, let's get to some baseball here. With next Tuesday's trade deadline looming, the San Diego Padres have failed to meet expectations thus far, and they sit five games under 500, six and a half games out of a final playoff spot. San Diego has the third highest payroll in all of baseball. And according to MLB insider John Heyman, the Padres are listening to offers for slugger Juan Soto, who the team just acquired last season at the trade deadline. Buyers sell the Padres should trade Juan Soto. I sell that. Sell. But if he's a bad teammate, as rumors have sort of surfaced, that he's not a great guy and that, you know, you're saddled with him for a long time and you've decided that the greater good would be served if he was not on your team, then the talent takes a back seat to that and you you let him go. So I have to say I'm in the middle on this and would rather be an insider 
to know what Juan Soto's effect is on the team from a, a mood standpoint, from an attitude standpoint, before I made that call. All right, let's squeeze in one more baseball one here. Speaking of disappointing teams, the New York Mets have the highest payroll in all of baseball and are seven games out of a playoff spot and look like they're going to be sellers. After all, they did trade reliever David Robertson yesterday to a divisional rival, Miami Marlins. Chris Byersell, you expect the Mets to trade more big names, highly paid players before Tuesday's deadline. I buy that. Buy. Yeah, you you got to do it if you're uh, Billy Epler and if you're Steve Cohen. You have to uh, realize that, you know, the future is 2024. It's not the end of 2023 and that your roster is going to look a lot different next year. And you got to rethink the whole thing. They got, they got some issues. But again, as we talked about earlier in the show, so many underperforming players, uh, mostly not injury-related, just playing poorly, some injuries involved. But you get McNeil, Lindor, and Alonzo to play at the level they've played at, and, you know, the, the happiest at bat you have is Brandon Nimmo, that you got problems. You know, you, it's not what you expected to have the situation you expected to be in. So, uh it's very hard for the Mets right now. It's very hard to know what they have. And I find like a lot of GMs are in that position right now where they really don't know what they have. Tough times in baseball. All done. Tommy, the top-notch work as always. The top seven timed out beautifully. It's almost like we knew what we were doing, which is so rare for, well, for me anyway. You're kind of in a rhythm now. Uh, you know, running the show with an iron fist the way you do. I think you're giving me way too much credit there. No, I disagree. I th- I listen to the show, and I, you know, it's, you have to bow down to the D cell. You got a D cell, unless you're in the left lane, then you got to axel, uh, which too many people D cell in the left lane. Why would you change lanes and go slower? You know that that has never been something I understood. Like you're gonna go by the guy, and then you, uh, I just don't. It just isn't, I just can't, you know what I'm saying? Good. I'm a communicator, you know, professional communicator. That's why my clarity is at the top level that it's at. Uh, Friday morning, Chris Moore for Bill Ryder. We need an update, find out what's going on out there in the world. And, you know, there's something happening all the time. And that's why Pat Boyle's working. So let's go, Pat. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I like the way D-Cell is easing us into the weekend. I like it. I mean, it's a working weekend for me, but I don't mind. doesn't bother me. Been hot. Weather worries me. It's funny how different people are about uh, climate change and about just in general thinking about uh, the future and weather whether it's random or whether it really has a pattern. And people are so passionate. They're passionate about things that they don't know about, which is crazy to me. Like, it's fine to have an opinion, but to be sure. It's like on these trades, right? I mean, we, we have these trades. Chris Moore for Bill Ryder, by the way, D-Cell producing. Um, we have these trades, and we're sure about which team won and which team lost before anything happens. You know, before either side has gotten a chance to prove it uh, one way or the other. And I just feel like uh, you just feel like you need to know, I guess, right? That you need to have an opinion and that you're not allowed to just say, geez, let's see how it plays out. Because I admitted this many times and, and I get it. It's boring. You know, to say you don't know is boring. But it is, it's funny when you, like, I follow the stock market and, they, <laughs> you know, eventually, they, well, eventually is not a word for, it's like, you know, eventually the A's are going to win a game. You know, eventually the Orioles are going to come back and be a playoff contender. Well, here we are. Eventually has come around as it did for Houston and Tampa and other team Cubs when they, you know, they tanked before they won. Um, it comes around at some point, you hope. Not guaranteed, but eventually often does work out. But it is, it's no fun. You know, it's no fun to talk about that. And these, these decisions that these general managers are making going into this uh, Tuesday deadline are, are really difficult, really difficult to make. Uh, and yet the pressure that we talk about so often is also kind of a misnomer because you know, a lot of teams aren't going to make the playoffs. They'll all be around next year. So what do you mean by pressure? What is pressure? Pressure is what you make it. Pressure is what you decide. Now, are there, you know, does does Aaron Boone lose his job or Brian Cashman, is he in some sort of trouble if the Yankees are not a playoff team? I guess maybe. But that's pressure on them individually. It's not pressure on the Yankee fan or the Yankee logo or the Yankee ownership. You know, there's no pressure on ownerships here uh, unless it's self-made pressure. It's pressure that they decided this is unacceptable to me. 
to not be a playoff team. And therefore, there's pressure because they will make a lot of changes and a lot of people will lose their job, and that's real pressure when you lose your income. That's different. But for the most part, from a fan standpoint, etc., if you were a fan of the Cubs last year, you'll be a fan of the Cubs next year. So pressure is just sort of a word we throw around without really thinking about it. To me, there has to be a consequence. And um, for a lot of these teams, there isn't a consequence. They are what they are. They'll be what they'll be. And there isn't any sort of in-between on that. You know, that they're just sort of going through the motions a little bit and and they are uh, very much going to be fine tomorrow regardless of the outcome. This And this whole, uh, we didn't get to it today because the, the calendar has been so uh, chock full, uh, but this whole realignment thing, Colorado and the Pac-12 and and all that has gone on, it's really you know, spin the wheel kind of stuff. There is no end to this. We are at a transitional time that is not good for the fan. It's good for the player. Uh, at least in the short term, it's good for the player. But it is not It is not anything that makes the game more enjoyable to watch or to anticipate. It's just as messy as ever. And it has never been a fair system. When you play 11 or 12 games, let's say 12 to round it off, and you have 16-team conferences all over the place and non-conference games, you know, some years you're going to play the hot team at home and sometimes you're going to play them on the road. And some years you're going to get the soft schedule and you're going to look better than you actually are. And that's just the way it is especially now as these conferences get bigger and no one really cares about the competition. It's just about how much TV money can we get and how long can we lock that TV money up and how much litigation is going to be required if we change our minds. And that's it's all about locking up the future, it seems right now, for live programming, which is the most valuable thing on over-the-air television, and they've basically screamed that to these entities out there. They've screamed, we don't have anything else. If it isn't live or plausibly live, people aren't watching it. There is no Murder, She Wrote or Cheers or Friends or Seinfeld. Those shows don't exist anymore. It's live sports and live crap, if you ask me. I mean, do I care about – I mean, they have shows now, you know – Big Brother, Bachelorette, Tough as Nails, whatever. All these shows designed to show competition. It's sports, but not sports. But it's competition. You know, it, it's it's plausibly live competition in most cases. And Survivor, how long has that been on? 20 years plus? Plausibly live competition. Supposedly unedited and if it is edited I don't want to know about it because it takes the fun away you know it's that kind of thing that that the networks crave and that's what sports is so the power is in the television it's not in the conferences it's in the tradition of the game students turn over every year the seniors leave the freshmen come as it has been it always will be 
the alma mater grows larger. People are living longer. They take pride in the college they went to. They watch them the rest of their lives. If you watch Duke basketball as an undergrad, you watch it when you're 65. It's just the way it works. So it will live forever. That part of it's not in any danger in that regard, but it is more and more like the pros. It is less and less like your parents and grandparents described, and it's never going back. And there's going to have to be a comfort level with that as we transition into this player power now and a sharing of the finances and uh, player movement being like coach movement, where if a coach wants to leave, he does. You know, if a player wants to leave now, he or she does. And that's a tough transition to make while it's happening. Once it's solidified, if that comes in 2027 or 2028, I don't think it'll be before that, then maybe it'll be easier on all the fans to follow it. Right now, it's just turn on the TV and see what's up. And if you're on campus, you know, it really hasn't changed that much. Who do they play this week? Oh, that ought to be good. I want to go. It's as simple as that. But the old college try and the rah-rah and the the bands and the pomp and the circumstance that is what traditional college football has been is going to have a tougher and tougher time surviving. And knowing the players on your team so that you can – sound good talking about their prospects or what they're going to be like next year has become less and less possible in this environment. And that takes away from it because, as we've talked about, anticipation is a big part of fandom. Looking forward to the big game, the big season, the big matchup, the conference championship. And how do you do that? Well, you you rank your personnel – Versus the other personnel. But when that field of personnel is always changing, it's that much harder. It's that much harder to enjoy it, to have fun, and to have a knowledgeable conversation about, oh, how are we going to be this year? You know, what what are we going to look like this year? You don't know about the opponent, and you don't know about yourself. And the freshman and sophomore are having bigger impacts than ever before. In all sports, look at uh, Alabama or Clemson or Georgia or uh, Ohio State or Michigan or whichever your favorite team is, and look at how many underclassmen, uh, freshmen and sophomore, are playing and playing important roles for your team. So by the time you get to know your player, that player is now in the pros or gone to another school because he didn't get the playing time he wanted or he didn't get along with the coach or he got a better name, image, and likeness deal or whatever the reason is. So it is much harder to be an ardent fan now than it ever has been before. And it's less fun. We talked about how it's less fun to coach for sure. You know, I'm reading stories about burnout and, and backstabbing and, you know, everything that it was before the portal and name, image, likeness is just magnified by five or ten times in this environment. And the competition is very tough. The The backstabbing and the undermining is real. And the inability of the NCAA – I mean, this Jim uh, – I mean, this, this, this whole uh, Harbaugh thing 
at Michigan and his four games and he lied to administrators and he can coach during the week, but he can't actually coach the games. It's just, it's, it's just so random. The NCAA just has no, doesn't have the enforcement ability. You know, it's like the IRS. They find somebody to take and make a poster child out of while the rest of the rats scurry around and cheat the IRS out of their money. And every once in a while, somebody is a poster child. See, this is what can happen if you cheat the IRS. But nobody really takes it seriously because they know they don't have the enforcement power. And that's where we are at the NCAA level now. They're throwing their hands up over there. They never could enforce um, these schools the way they advertised they could. They've always been a paper tiger with few exceptions. And now they're even more of a paper tiger. Because there, there is no legitimate fear of cheating in this environment. There just isn't. And if you think all these programs are clean and everything is above board, it's because that's what you want to think. It's not because you really believe it. It's because that's what you want to think because it helps you sleep at night. And more importantly, because it's not that important, it helps you enjoy the game. Right? I mean, when you eat unhealthy food, you know it's unhealthy. But you also know... Risk-reward-wise, to me, it's worth it. You know, to have a couple beers, even if the beers aren't good for me, or to have a milkshake, or to have a piece of pie, or a cheeseburger, whatever it is, whatever the vice, whatever the quote-unquote unhealthy action is, we weigh it against our enjoyment of it, and we come up with an answer. Yes, I will have it. No, I won't have it. And basically, it's the same for consuming a lot of this stuff that we consume. Right? I mean, you want to believe the Mets still think they're in it, even though they traded David Robertson last night? Go ahead. You're allowed. And nobody denies that they could be in it. Nobody denies that they can't make the postseason. But they are on the inside, and they basically gave up last night. You're on the outside, and you get to choose. Is this a good team to back? A lot of people don't feel like they have a choice when they talk about being a fan. You know, uh Die hard. My father was a Met fan. I'm a Met fan. My kids will be Met fans. Okay. <laughs> Great business to be in if you're Steve Cohen. Consumers that will not leave, regardless of how you run it. Makes you wonder why any of them spend. Good tea hours, uh, two hours. Thank you to Tommy and Pat Boyle on the updates, and we'll do it again soon. Back tomorrow morning on many of these CBS sports radio stations. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t